Did you shut off that Nuggets-Lakers game thinking it was a blowout? Big mistake. The Spurs, big winners in the Wemby sweepstakes, and John Morant, big loser. And it's his own fault. It's all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah. Conference finals time. This is a great time of year. The draft lottery's all set. We got all kinds of things happening in the NBA. Four teams left, and two of them played tonight. I am one of your regular Wednesday hosts, just sporadically joining the podcast uh, because my team is one of the four teams left. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter on John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. I was going to say, are, are you actually a regular Wednesday co-host? I right know, now? I know, I know. I'm, it's, I'm like just taking some, I'm doing just enough, doing just <laughs> enough to put the time in. I'm only here so I don't get fined. Later on, we're going to get to the John Morant, who issued a statement in the middle of game one of the Western Conference Finals. When the game got good, right as the game got good and everyone was online. Like, the timing is just chef's kiss. I mean, just amazing. We'll play a little game of real or fake with that one. We'll talk about the draft lottery. Congratulations to the San Antonio Spurs. Once again, rewarded for a tank job with a generational talent. How do they keep doing that? Let's talk about first the uh, Denver Nuggets holding on to beat the LA Lakers 132 to 126, a game that the Nuggets took control of early, had control of through three quarters, were up by 20 plus. And then the fourth quarter, the Lakers just started chipping away, doing what they do, defending, drawing a ton of fouls. And walking down the lead, little bits at a time, uh, this was a pretty good, I think the, the headline here is a pretty good defensive adjustment on Nikola Jokic, putting Rui Hachimura, who had a great game uh, on Jokic, letting Anthony Davis kind of patrol the baseline, cutting off anybody from getting to the rim. And that kind of changed the game defensively and allowed the Lakers to get back into it. Yeah, you got to give Darvin Ham, the Lakers head coach, so much credit for that fourth quarter and that second half in particular. Because for the first two quarters of this game, even the first three, they had no answer for Nikola Jokic. They tried literally every type of defensive coverage on him. They were trapping him to start the game with Anthony Davis on him, and Jokic was just dicing him up with the passes, right? He had 14 assists here on the night. They tried playing drop coverage on him. He hit some threes. They tried doing everything, switching. None of it worked, and he finished with an incredible stat line, triple-double as he does, right? 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists. Those are just ridiculous numbers, and then in the fourth quarter, 
They tried playing one-on-one with him with Rui Hachimura, and it worked. And he had the strength to kind of keep him away from the post. And as you said, Anthony Davis is his best when he's roaming, when he's almost playing free safety. Look at the impact he had for the Los Angeles Lakers against the Warriors in their previous series, just being a monster, looking like the best defensive player in the league during some of the postseason here. And finding a way to free him up, let the Lakers get back into this game, not ultimately win it, And I don't know if Rui can do this over the course of a whole series to limit Jokic like he did, but you know they're going to try this in game two. It's just a shame for them that they couldn't win this. I am worried about one thing, though, for the Lakers in this, and that's the amount of minutes that LeBron James and Anthony Davis played. They had a couple of days off for this one. They were going to be a little bit well-rested going into Denver. Anthony Davis played almost 42 minutes and LeBron James basically played 40. Does that concern you at all? Um, you know, yes and no, because it is a lot. It's a lot for those guys. I'm less concerned about Anthony Davis, more concerned about obviously with the age, LeBron James Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, sure. Um, but I think if Anthony Davis now is playing off of Jokic that lightens the load for him a little bit. So yeah. I'm not I'm not that concerned with the playoffs. They're not traveling in between games. The minutes isn't the minutes aren't as important uh as they are like in a regular season where tonight they'd be flying out and you get up into a pressurized cabin and you're you know it messes with your body and you got to get to the next place and you're not sleeping. You're staying in these cities for for multiple days. Um and and Denver to LA is not the biggest travel uh, you know, nightmare or anything like that. So I'm not quite as concerned about the minutes. I'm, I'm just more concerned about them. I don't want to say it was a missed opportunity because, you know, they, they came back. I think, I think I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm more like, let's see what Denver does in the next one. I, I, I'm concerned, I guess, for the Lakers that they had to make this adjustment already. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think it, if maybe, maybe, maybe you save this one for game two, like if you're yeah, going yeah, to break it out in a loss and now Denver can adjust to it. Right. Because if you're, if you're looking at this from the Denver side of it, right. And you're like, Oh no, they figured out how to, how to defend Jokic. One, I'll, I'll trust Rui Hachimura to do that for a series or even the entirety of a game. Right. It's Jokic. Mm-hmm. She's that good. The other thing is Aaron, Aaron Gordon in that fourth quarter was just used by the Nuggets like wh- horribly. horribly. He was horribly. just sta- standing on the baseline. And that's also what allowed Anthony Davis to roam right. around, right? He didn't have to do that. If you put in um, Bruce Brown for him, how does that change things? And all of a sudden now, I, I look at this and I'm like, oh, Denver has this one still. Yeah. So so that's why I'm I'm just like – on the surface, great adjustment. Great adjustment. You nearly came back and you stole that, that game one. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. No, I don't think you are, though. Like, the adjustments right. go both ways, don't they? Right. You know, so, the Lakers can make one and then Denver can make one. You've got cards to play, right? Yeah. You've only got a few cards to play in the series. And the Lakers played a big one because I don't know – what the next adjustment is on Jokic. If and and look, Jokic hit some some crap out there. Like he hit some <laughs> shots that they're just like, okay, yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. The I, I think the Nuggets, just off the top of my head, I can think of three 
desperation shots that they hit that were like, okay, that that's not something you can count on at all. But you know, it's and it was a six point game. It ended up being a six point game. I, I, I am going to say that you go with Rui. Now you've given them a half of film, and you say, okay, well, you know, we we made a mistake, or I'll just put it this way: maybe they didn't make a mistake, Denver. Maybe they didn't make a mistake by putting Bruce Brown because that was exactly what I was going to suggest. Maybe you go small and put Bruce Brown in there, and and you see if you if if that'll work. Maybe you don't play that right away. Maybe you just let you see how game two how that flows and see if you can figure out another way. And then you save the Bruce Brown one for in case you need it to take a game in L.A. So I, I am going to question whether they they played this card too soon. This was a loss. You nearly came back, but you were down 21 at one point. Maybe you should have chalked up this loss and said, okay, we we are confident in our ability to adjust in game two. Start your game two with Rui on um, on Jokic and see if that's going to be the thing. Maybe, maybe Jokic starts slow and the Lakers can go out to big league. Got to remember that Jokic had a monster first quarter with eight points, 12 rebounds, and five assists that got the, got them going in this one. So, I don't know. Uh, great adjustment, but I, I just wonder if they they fired that that shot too soon. Yeah, and like what's the counter to the counter? You know, when, when Denver adjusts, what are the Lakers going to do? And I'm not sure they exactly have one. I think Denver's still the very clear favorite in this series after this. And anything that I saw in that game didn't really – change it there's no way they use Aaron Gordon as poorly as they did in the fourth oh, quarter again yeah and I, I don't I don't think so and then then you, if you're pulling uh Davis out to the perimeter which they didn't do it oh god it was maddening to watch that like <laughs> what are y'all doing yeah if you if you do that then you know look if you can keep um uh you can keep Gordon out there and say, hey, just let's let's use him out in the perimeter, and they could just be like, you know what, we're just going to switch somebody else onto him because he's not as big a threat out there. Um, then, then you can still find a way to keep Anthony Davis somewhere along the baseline. In which case, then you then you go small. Maybe you find maybe maybe you use more Jeff Green. Maybe Jeff Green's an answer um, in that situation. So, um, I, I I think. I think the Lakers adjustments are a little bit more limited because of the personnel. So we'll see if that goes, how, how that affects game two. You could very easily sit there and say, the Lakers have figured something out. They played the Nuggets. They beat, they beat them in the second half. They won 70 some. Yeah. Yeah. They, they score what 30. They, they won the third quarter by four. They won the fourth quarter by eight. So, um, they can sit there and say, hey, we won that second half. And because we came out to such a slow start and had such a bad first half, like if we keep just doing this, just we'll just keep doing it and, and make the Nuggets adjust and we feel good about taking game two. They, they could easily sit there and say that and, and be fine. Um, I think they've left a little too much room for the Nuggets to counter their counter. And that that's what I'm looking at at game two. So uh, I think it's a good place to end Game one analysis. I think we got to look at uh, the future, the future champs, the champs in, I don't know, two, three, four years from now, if Victor Wembenyama is everything he's cracked up to be. And that means 
Maybe Greg Popovich will stick around to, to chalk up a couple more uh, with his new found superstar. We'll talk about the draft lottery results next. First, we're going to talk about bird dogs. Super comfortable, super versatile. This is, this is the uh, wing, the versatile defender wing of uh, your wardrobe because you can pop on a pair of bird dogs. You can go to a meeting. You can jump in the pool. You can come out. They'll dry off for you. You can hop out and uh, go to the next thing that you're doing. No worries. Uh, you get the freedom to pair uh, to wear one pair of shorts. Uh, they come with this liner kind of just built in, and it's a stretchy fabric. You know, you, legs look good in them. Hey, man, look, we're, we're conscious about this stuff, us guys. We want them legs to look good. We're out there. We're going to, you know. Walking, running, we want to show it off. And bird dogs are a great way to do it. Uh, it's just uh, a really good-looking, versatile garment. So go to birddogs.com slash NBA, and you can enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. They'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So you get this awesome-looking, super-comfortable pair of shorts uh, that look great, that feel great, that you can just wear all day and do everything in, and you get a Yeti-style tumbler with it. It's birddogs.com slash NBA. Enter that promo code LOCKEDONNBA to get your custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On NBA your first listen. Obviously, Every dayers here on the Lockdown NBA podcast, you know to go to these team. You got to go to the Lockdown Lakers. You got to go Lockdown Nuggets for that in-depth analysis. Go to Lockdown Spurs because the San Antonio Spurs are the landing spot for Victor Wembanyama. They win the draft lottery. It's San Antonio, Charlotte, Portland, Portland with the third pick. Houston, Detroit, wah, wah, Detroit with the fifth overall pick. Uh, Jake, what do you think about Victor Wimbanyama in San Antonio? Uh, congrats to our friend Jeff Garcia, host of Locked On Spurs okay. here, and having so much fun with that one. I'm of two minds on this, I'll be honest. It seems fitting, right? You know, the one of the more international teams in the league, Popovich, who's had such success with these big men, you know, David Robinson and then Tim Duncan. Now you get the next great one in Victor Wembenyama. And Victor Wembenyama, that hype is real. I've watched a lot of him recently, and like, I don't have many flaws in that dude's game coming into the league with how he looks. At the same point, the Spurs did such a blatant tank job, blatant tank job this past season. I don't love that they jumped up a couple of spots to get it. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Would you say they deserved it for tanking? Probably not. Same for Portland, who who was outright terrible. Detroit also won just two games after the All-Star break. I don't want to see that kind of stuff rewarded, but it makes I so mean, much sense. Who Who wasn't tanking? that you can sit there and feel good about Orlando, you know, like, okay, Indiana. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, look, the Spurs, my counter to that is they did it for like a year, right? Yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. And they, they held on. 
If anything, I've been criticizing the Spurs for not buying into the tank fully before. Like we all know, we all know that this is how it happens. I just, I just got done like bemoaning uh, the process that you know, and, and and celebrating the fact that the process is basically dead in Philadelphia. I hated the process. That kind of stuff, though, is out. Like we know, we know that that's what it takes to get these types of picks. We we know to get Victor Wembanyama. Like there's no karmic kind of retribution. Oh wow, the, you know the Utah Jazz came out and tried real hard for half a season before they started tanking. They should get no. It's just this is what it is. It is what it is. The Spurs spent a few years not even buying into tanking. And it took them. No, like, they're pushing for the playing tournament for the past couple of seasons. Yeah. And you had to end up trading DeJounte Murray and Derek White and saying, okay, now now we have we gotta take decent players away from Greg Popovich so he has no choice anymore. I have no problem with this. I have no problem with this. It's just kind of funny. I was on a radio show before and they said, you know, they asked me who I thought, because obviously it's just a a, a crapshoot anyway, but I was like, I can see San Antonio. Just because it just the Tim Duncan stuff, they had that one year. They finally bought into a tank. They had that one year. David Robinson was like hurt, and they they went into the tank. They got him, and then boom, just dominance until like a couple of years ago. And then all right, fine, we'll do it again. Dip their toe into the tank water. Boom, here comes Wembenyama. And if he is as advertised, hell, if he's even seventy percent of as advertised, yeah. he's going to be a, a game changer for them. Uh, obviously they're going to have a very important summer building around him, but this is a guy who can probably change their fortunes incredibly right away. And you're going to start seeing the Spurs just being competitive and, you know, back to being competitive and, and we'll see, we'll see what, what this means for Greg Popovich. If he wants to hang around for four years or what? His future now might be extended. We're looking at him probably retiring, it seemed like, in a year or two. Maybe, maybe. You don't know for sure when it comes to him. Now, why would he? Th- that team's intriguing. You know, you have Devin Vassell, who's there. You have Jeremy Sohan, who they just drafted. You took Malachi Branham in the first round as well as kind of your go-to scoring uh, guard wing. And now you add Wembenyama like that. That's a very intriguing team that's kind of defense-focused with Branham as your scorer. I don't know. That's kind of fun to me. Like they just became one of the most interesting teams in the league just simply by virtue of getting this pick. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously, and you know, Kelvin Johnson, they got, they got, they got some, some decent talent yeah. there. Um, oh, they and some- they have a ton of future first round picks that they could use in deals and things like that from yeah. trading away all those other guys. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, like I said, the Spurs have a, an interesting summer ahead of them, but yeah, they instantly become an interesting team and, they're going to be at or near the top of everybody's league pass rankings when they do those coming up in, you know, August and September or whenever they start doing those, because everybody's going to see what Wembenyama is really, really about, you know, for me personally, I watched some, but I didn't watch a ton because first of all, Celtics aren't, aren't even close. Yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to look at this stuff not here. Even, not even <laughs> going to be an issue. Look at this guy Secondly. covering a great team and things like that. <laughs> hey man, it's, look, let me tell you something in about six years, things are going to change maybe sooner. Things are going to, I'm going to be in this, this world. So I'm, I'm savoring it while it exists. Uh, but 
yeah, they're they're going to be instantly interesting. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does against NBA competition. I want to see what he looks like against the NBA. And you know what's going to happen next year when he gets there. Everybody, instead of, uh, the, you know, the, the top teams going to San Antonio and being like, ah, whatever, they're going to go to San Antonio and they're going to be like, oh, oh we're going to teach this Wemby kid a lesson. We're going to we're going to put him in his place, oh, yeah. rookie, and it's going to be a real like challenging atmosphere. And if he can thrive in that, then they got something super special. Everybody believes right now the Spurs have something su- super special. Uh, but to see him, we want to see them prove it. Now, let's quickly before we wrap it up. Um, Charlotte, I don't know, like Scoot Henderson, I, again, I'm not paying a ton of attention to the the draft. So I know that there's some uh, debate over who's going to be two and who's going to be three. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like Scoot Henderson, because he's a point guard, is going to drop to uh, Portland and Brandon Miller is going to go to Charlotte. That gives them a, a really wing uh, LaMelo Ball or well, no, that, yeah, I think that's going to happen. It's Portland where things get interesting, right? And I was talking to Mike Richmond, host of Locked on Blazers earlier. He said, if they don't trade that pick, you've got to wonder if Damian Lillard is going to be on the move. If they draft someone young with that pick, Lillard, Lillard doesn't want that. And it's likely going to be the end of the era. I think they're going to be shopping the third pick hard. Like this was almost ideal for them outside of, getting the number one overall pick, which I think certainly maybe means Damian Lillard is gone. They don't want this. They want to keep Lillard. They're going to trade that pick. They're going to retain him now, bringing some other talent, not be super good, but they get Damian Lillard longer. All right. Good point there about Portland. Uh, That's something to watch moving forward. Uh, If we are rewarding tanking, how about rewarding the Dallas Mavericks for their just blatant tank job? Uh, keeping their pick, att- they get fined for it, and they say, ah, it's worth it. They got to keep their pick. It, it worked out for them. That's the team that had, like, no karma jumping into the top four whatsoever. But, hey, that, that those fines were worth it now. So, all right, so that's the, the draft lottery. We'll see how, you know, a lot of these things pan out. Poor Detroit, just poor Detroit. Um, but, but, hey, things might work out for them. In the long run, uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how it all goes. All right, let, let's talk about John Morant up next because this was uh, just I don't know PR PR disaster. I can't imagine anybody's had a, the wor- a worse few months in the NBA than than John Morant has. We'll talk about that in just a second. First, I want to thank you for making uh, Locked On NBA your first listen every day. How about listening to? Our podcast, we talk about the team podcast, the uh, Locked On Celtics podcast. If you're curious about how Celtics are going to cross over with the Locked On Heat. So uh, those guys are, it's going to be a a preview of the uh, upcoming game one and the upcoming series, the Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously, Jake's got the uh, Pelicans uh, draft coverage there uh, with the 14th overall pick. So uh, check that out. Uh, check out Locked On NBA Big Board while we're at it. Uh, this was going to be a preview of Celtics and Heat meeting again in the conference finals. But then John Morant issued a statement 
in the middle of the um, in the middle of game one of the Western Conference Finals. So, in his statement, now, let's recap for people who haven't really been paying attention. Another streaming video, John Morant seen briefly with a gun in his hand. The commissioner at the draft lottery was asked about it. And he said, you know, I'm really disappointed. And, you know, we're, we're, we're basically assuming the worst when it comes to, to this stuff. So I felt, I guess that means that Ja felt compelled to issue a statement, which he read quote, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a journey and I recognize there's more work to do. My words may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. So, Jake, we play a game of real or fake here every Wednesday. Real or fake? John Morant is sincere in his statement. I I don't know for sure, but I feel like it's fake right now just given everything we've seen. If he was sincere, this this wouldn't have happened in the first place. If he was sincere, it wouldn't have taken the commissioner forcing his hand and put making him put out a statement at literally the worst possible time. What are you doing? This, what is this? This was the this was like a night that everyone was online and going to see this. You know, if you want to just kind of dump that off, you don't do it right in the fourth quarter when the the marquee game that everyone wants to watch just got to eight points and everyone was online and paying attention. The same night of the most anticipated draft lottery we've had since Zion Williamson, just the timing of this is questionable. And then you get into the actual statement itself and it's meaningless. Just because you say, I take full accountability for my actions, so what? Accountability is actions just saying i take accountability does not actually mean you're accountable or that accountability is going on during all of this and then the line about the journey what is the journey here does this need to even be a journey which is his i don't want to call it obsession with guns but something along those lines with guns that statement and there's some stuff floating out and i don't know if it's fake or not looks like it was written by chat gpt because people put in apologize for something you've been caught before for and it comes out with like a similar thing what about this means sounds sincere or like he's learned a lesson from any of this you know the fact that he did it again is is the the most damning part of this that right the most accurate thing that he said and by the way my answer is fake he's not sincere i don't think he's taking this seriously uh my words may not mean much right now. That no, th- that that Correct. is actually a fact. <laughs> that is true. That part is real. Everything else is fake to me because you you just you just got busted doing this. You just cost cost your team. Like you are sitting there. You should be sitting there watching Nuggets Lakers, just seething, seething that it isn't nuggets grizzlies like it should be and yet you're out there waving guns around live on instagram again you told the commissioner to his face yeah i'm gonna be better and you lied because you went right back to it and now the commissioner's on tv going uh 
Honestly, I was shocked. Uh, I'm assuming the worst. That you are screwed, John Morant. You're screwed. He's going to get suspended for a significant amount of time. The Grizzlies are screwed again because they're going to be without Ja, and they're they're in upheaval now. It's he keeps saying these things, but he's being incredibly selfish. He's not thinking about he's not thinking about his himself. He's not thinking about, he's not thinking about his family. He's not thinking about his team. He's not thinking about anybody besides whoever he's waving a gun around with. That's all he wants to do. And it, it's just it's just shocking to see such an incredibly dumb lack of judgment on his part. You got a daughter. You got a family to take care of. You are Ja freaking Morant. You got a Nike deal. Is that going to go away? You have generational wealth. What are you doing? That that it just it drives me nuts to see a guy with this much talent, with an entire city behind him, one of the most popular players in the world, and he's doing this. Look, he and he already faced pretty bad consequences from this. You could argue the suspension he had in the middle of the season is what cost him an All NBA spot, and thus the the Rose Rule escalators in his contract it cost him about forty million dollars. Why is this a thing yeah. right now? Why are you, and I, I don't want to sound like, you know, the the 37-year-old white dude clutching his pearls or anything like that, right? But if you're if you're riding around with people and you know they're on Instagram Live, like, what, what are we doing here? Why are you letting your friends film you if this is kind of how you want to be, right? And this yeah. is one of those ones where you've got to wonder if he needs to really kind of take a look at the people around him. And get rid of some of those people. And that's not easy to do. And that's not going to be a fun type of introspection to have. But, man, even the PR staff, if this is when you think this is the time to put that statement out there right now, let alone one that's just filled with empty calories like it was. It's just nothing good. Like, it just shows a complete lack of awareness, right? Like, I I don't know how to even talk about this in, in a positive manner. And clearly, he's... Fit, try to figure something out who he is, whatever it might be. I don't know. I'm yeah. not him. I don't know what he's going through, but Look, you don't want to be this. You don't want to be doing this. And I'm not saying he's like a bad role model. You you can build this into something bigger, right? With the shootings around the country and kind of promoting gun culture and things like that. Is that who you truly want to be? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. We don't even, we shouldn't well, get into all of that, but it's like, man, just I, from you and your stuff, Stop hurting yourself. <laughs> Look, man, I, I, I'll say it. I, you know, why are you, you're perpetuating a stereotype. You're perpetuating a stereotype that a lot of people have worked really, really hard to fight. Yeah. And you're playing into the worst assumptions of the worst people around the, around, around the world. There's, there's a whole lot of pointing and saying, see, from people who have bad opinions about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I think that about like John Morant is, I think he's just being immature and irresponsible, but I think what he has to understand is you have a responsibility. You, you aren't just playing basketball by accepting an NBA salary and by accepting NBA stardom. You now bear responsibility 
for representing your yourself, your family, your team, your city, and in these political times, you represent the 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 what people are fighting for is what I'm is probably the best way for me to say it. You're representing what the whole league in the bubble post um George Floyd post post all that you're representing that fight you're taking that on you have to understand that you are part of that fight and to do this derails a lot of the work that's been done and i don't know who the guys are that he's with he might think they're his friends but I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't think too highly of any friends that put me in a situation knowing that I just got in trouble for something. I mean, his friend tried to throw the camera down or the phone down the second Ja took out the gun. If you watch the end of that video, right? I've seen people being like, Ja was on Instagram Live do this. No, his friend was filming him and this friend tried to like hide it. But at that point it was too, too late. And as I said, like, why are they filming you in the first place? Like, why are yeah, you doing all this? No, man, put it down. Like, this is just. Tell people, them don't film if you have a gun in the car. People around him, people around him can, can have to either be better or yeah. John Morant has to make tough decisions yeah. and say, you know what? Can't hang out with you guys anymore if we're going to be, you know, if this is going to be how it is. And that that's, you know, I understand that some people might see this and say, you know, that it might not be my place in particular to say things like that. But I just feel like, you know, this is a guy that has so much potential to do so much positive, just again, for his daughter, for his family, not just yeah. go out and play basketball and, and make the Memphis Grizzlies, the two seed and go out there and, and, and be awesome. So we can all like clap and be in awe of the things that you do. You know, he he has been beloved, absolutely one of the most popular players in the world. I want to see him succeed. I want to see him live up to that thing that he's built up for himself. You know, this is this is a great opportunity to make a positive impact on the world. Don't go down this road. Just don't go down this road because you're erasing a lot of the hard work that you've put in. I don't think he understands how much of the hard work that he's put into it that he has erased with two Instagram live videos. It's ridiculous. And, and it's going to hang over the team till we get a decision from the commissioner. And it sounds like this is going to be a it's significant enough significant. suspension, right? Now it's, it's going to kind of be hanging over the Memphis Grizzlies, like the entire I mean, offseason in the beginning of the year. We're going along with this segment, but the last thing I want to say, like this is going to cost him, the, the, the last incident cost him eight games. And now you've pissed off the commissioner, right? So that's, you're, it's not going to be 10 games. It's not going to be 15. This is, this is going to be when they, when Woj says significant, I mean, this could be like 20 games could be half the season could be, it, it, but it's not going to be like, Oh, the first one was eight. The second one was 10 or 12. It's going to be a lot. And it's not, it's, it, it's going to, it's going to be costly. Going to be costly for him financially, costly for him in a lot of ways, and costly for his team. So, <sighs> Ja, what are you doing, man? All right, let's wrap it up. Let's say 
Thank you to everybody for listening and for watching. Uh, as not usual lately, but <laughs> I'm just going to say as usual on Wednesdays, I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. Let's uh, pass it off to Pat the designer, Nick Angstead, tomorrow talking about they'll be talking about Celtics and heat and a whole lot more in the NBA. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, however you get your podcasts, watch the show on the, on YouTube and share it. Tell your friends and family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the locked on NBA podcast right here on the lockdown podcast network, your team every day.